2: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'll tell you, I am fired up today because how about them
3: bears? Dan Wiederer, Dan Wiederer from the Chicago Tribune again.
4: Bears Beat Report, an enterprise writer
1: for the Chicago Tribune. This story by Dan Wiederer. it's... Obviously very well reported. Covering the Bears for 670 the score and 2400 sports. I've said this
3: before, playing quarterback in the NFL is a lot like marriage. It's not about being a hero all the time. It's about limiting your mistakes. And, and if you do make a mistake, <laughs> make, sure, make sure it's not a catastrophic
5: one. We'll
4: mention this mainly because Chicago Tribune writer Dan Wieter said we would mention this nugget.
5: We want it to be a fast Friday and a fast focused Friday.
4: Dan Weederer. His name is Dan Wieter. Wieter time. Weedzie with Danny and Speeds. Weederer time. Pod. Bears. The Take the North pod. Dan Weederer talks football with you. Huh.
1: He's on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. You can stream the show on Twitch and YouTube. We still have Doobie Brothers tickets to give away. You can listen to Championship Sunday right here on the Score and the Odyssey app. He is Dan Weederer. What's up, Dan? Hey, how are you, Danny? I'm doing well. You said that uh, before we get to some of this coaching news, you'd like to uh, weigh in on the state of the quarterback conversation in this town as it sits January 26th, 2024. I, I'm
3: four. I'm am- I'm amazed at, at some of it, to be honest with you, and I, I am amazed that we're going to have you know another three-plus months of this, maybe three months exactly, of it continuing to go on. I think that what gets lost in some of this is that the goal here is to figure out what, path you can go down that will allow you to have sustainable success for the longer period of time. I hear you making that argument and getting a lot of pushback on on what that argument actually is and, and and what Caleb Williams has the potential to do for you. This isn't about sneaking through a sliver in a window to try to, to find your way into one of those one and done type success seasons. It's about Finding a quarterback and a guy and a playmaker of that position, the most important position in sports, that can be the guy that holds that window open for 10 to 12 to 15 years. And once you look at it through that lens and once you understand that, yes, nothing is guaranteed, there's risk involved with everything. There are a lot of people in the NFL right now that are as uh, amazed that Chicago is as conflicted about this as they are because it seems to people that aren't uh, emotionally attached to the situation that this is going to be a fairly easy evaluation for the bears particularly from a, a talent standpoint and then we'll see what comes back in some of the character study
1: yep i mean i have some nfl sources you have more uh i haven't heard from anyone who thinks that ryan poles will not select caleb williams 1-1 and i think you said it <laughs> best that that it's just like the risk is so
3: much greater in believing that that Justin Fields is suddenly going to unlock something that we haven't yet seen his passing production through three seasons is not only subpar it's it's startlingly subpar and people look at the prerequisites to playing this position at a high level the pocket field the ability to get rid of the ball quickly the ability to see things quickly, the ability to be a fourth quarter killer, or at least have the ability to master situations in the fourth quarter that produces victories. It's not there. None of those boxes are checked. We're through 38 starts. And so to roll the dice on that suddenly emerging uh, again under coordinator three in year four, rather than resetting with a prospect that that people watch him from a skill set standpoint and go, there's, there's like very little to be concerned about. Like this isn't going to be a talent flame out where, where he just doesn't have it to play at this level. Now, Again, like the emotional mental fortitude that it takes to play this position for this franchise under this spotlight is a different equation that the Bears have to solve but the quarterback part of this is it's it's just I mean it it's it's apples to oranges here and and people are getting caught up in it and for some reason getting offended when they're told those realities and that's where I think this gets supercharged
1: yeah I listen I uh I try not to extrapolate the internet you know out into real life real life
3: it's it's a good thing to try to do yeah
1: you know so i i I try to do that um i am a fan of justin i do think he's been given and dealt a bad hand i do think that's that's life you know but cj stroud yes he was not regarded as the same caliber of prospect that that caleb was no doubt but no one came into this year saying man what a great situation he's going into well, and, you know, like, and then and then all of a sudden, Tank Dell and Nico Collins, guys that were taken 69th and 89th or whatever it was in the draft, are household names. And Bobby Slowick gets a handful of coaching interviews, and Demico Ryan's is a finalist for Coach of the Year. It's like, oh, right that that's what a special quarterback it's a can do. Yeah,
3: it's a multiplier. It's an elevator. It's what Montez Sweat did for the Bears defense. That they now need someone at the most important position to do to the offense. The ultimate goal here is obviously to hoist a Lombardi trophy and have a parade the next week. But people that get caught up in celebrating that as the the only thing that qualifies as success miss the entire point of the operation, which is to give yourself as many swings and as many opportunities to be in that dance as possible. The Buffalo Bills have not won anything yet with Josh Allen as their quarterback. But Josh Allen came in at a time when the team hadn't won a playoff game since 1995. They hadn't been in the playoffs since 1999. They've been in the playoffs five consecutive years. They've won five playoff games, which is a a playoff victory total that surpasses the entire 21st century for the Chicago Bears. And what they've done is they've given themselves a chance year after year after year to be in this mix. That's what you're aiming for. If you're just going to sit up there and say like Aaron Rodgers, career is a failure. Drew Brees is career is a failure because they only won one. You missed the point of the entire experience that like Saints fans and uh, Packers fans and Chiefs fans now and Bills fans now. And, and you know, the 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 the, the, the Patriots are the obvious extreme. But that's that's what you're trying to experience. And, yep. and so, like, that's what this
1: quarterback would give you the opportunity to do. Yep. And I will even say, like, if there is something in the character that that comes up on Caleb, then the right decision is to trade the pack. But we yep. don't know that right now. Yeah, no, and they've got to do that homework, and it's
3: gonna yep. be it's gonna be fun for them to do it. You know, combine, pro days, visits on campus, visits at Hallis Hall, all the time that they've got to spend to do that. Yep. I think
1: it's gonna be uh, fascinating to see what that turns out. All right, so uh, to pair with Shane Waldron, we now reportedly have Kerry Joseph as the yep. new quarterback coach. So those would be the two people tasked either with unlocking Justin Fields or presumably developing Caleb Williams. And, by the way, the gambling markets say that Caleb Williams is minus 1200 to be the number one overall pick, meaning you bet $12 to win one. So he's going 1-1. One, one. It's just a question of if it's to <laughs> totally. the Bears or to yeah. someone else. Uh, what do you know about Kerry Joseph?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's following Shane Waldron from Seattle, where they've worked together for the last three years. Kerry's been there for the last four seasons. He was an assistant receivers coach before he became an assistant quarterbacks coach. And so he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, hands-on experience developing quarterbacks. When you pair these two hires together with Waldron and Joseph as the two guys who, no matter who's playing the position for you when OTAs open in May, uh, are going to be the overseers of that development, you're just kind of left shrugging a little bit. You know, I'm not super excited about this pairing, I'm not disappointed by it. I'm just kind of curious and, and, and interested to hear what the Bears think it will do to unlock whoever it is they have playing that position. Um, I will tell you that that talking to people around the league this week, there there was certain hesitance um for people that were interested in these openings at Hallis Hall and being curious about whether they could really take that leap of faith that what Matt Eberflus is building here has got staying power to last beyond 2024. Uh, and so some of the things that we worried about when the bears retained Matt Eberflus were coming up from, from people that were involved in in some of these conversations and involved in exploring these opportunities. And that's something that the bears probably had to navigate through. And And these are the, uh, the, the, the choices they made. And now you've got to make the most of the choices that you did make.
1: Do you mean about the job
3: security of Eberflus? Right? Yeah. That, that, that you could be, Back in the uh <laughs> right. in the queue next year looking for 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 new work if if things don't go right here. So
1: I don't think I've asked it to you this way. Are are you maybe you would not allow yourself to be as a reporter, but are you disappointed that like Kevin Warren who came in with big talk, big vision, I think big, I think big, I I'm an idea man, I want to expand what people think of this. They retained Matt Eberflus in this historic head coaching cycle, and then you go through an offensive coordinator search ahead of having the number one pick in a transcendent quarterback class, and you're hearing from sources around the league that they were underwhelmed with the opportunity to coach the Chicago Bears because they don't think that the head coach has job security. Like, wasn't he supposed to expand the possibility and make them think bigger?
3: Yeah, um, and and I'll file it away and see where it goes. I, I don't think that um, – it's entirely fair to pin it all on Kevin, but he is going to be the overseer of all of this and has to have his fingerprints on every single decision that is involved in making you a championship-level franchise, which is the ultimate goal. Um, I do think that there's a delicate balance between empowering the people that work for you and trying to tell them what to do, you know. And so there, there is some of that 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 probably plays into some of this. And 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 look, like Ryan, this is his show now. You know, he he's he's bet on Matt Eberflus twice. Uh, he's had an opportunity now to to uh, totally revamp the roster and mold it to his liking. He's got an opportunity to continue making some really landmark decisions this offseason, not only with the quarterback position, but oh, by the way, another top 10 pick and a bunch of cap space and free agency that set this, sets him up to to really put them on on the fast track to being successful again. He's had to hire these, help Matt hire these coaches for the staff, and now it, you know, this is this is his show to um, sell and run and hope that it produces the results that he envisions, um, because that is what we have been talking about for a long time, and it is what Kevin came in a year ago vowing to do, and and I think that, uh, you know, he's has he's got to have his hands in a lot of different departments in that building, but certainly the football ops is the most important on a lot of levels.
1: Yeah, I just I wonder if there's an alternate universe where the McCaskies are willing to spend unlimited money on coaching. If the Bears have no head coach right now because they're waiting for Ben Johnson, like Washington is. I I I really don't think that there's
3: any sort of financial restrictions in in terms of their ambition. I, I don't think that that's anything that has impeded them at all. So why um, no Jim Harbaugh call? I, you know, number one because they chose to retain Matt. You know, and that, but they also know,
1: didn't that, call him when they hired Matt.
3: Oh yeah, well I can't uh, revisit that. I mean, that's back in the Bill Bill Polian <laughs> era of checking into things. Are you talking I mean, about years I mean, ago? I'm just, I'm just ago? saying,
1: like they, they they have not hired top of the market in terms of salary coaches. That is not, yeah, I, that has not been their reputation.
3: Head coaches, I mean, they paid John a lot of money, John Fox, who, by the way, could be going back to the Super Bowl this weekend if the Lions upset the 49ers, which would be a a funny twist on things. And, uh, you know, Vic Fangio was making a ton of money as a defensive coordinator here, and they they unlocked the vault to keep him when Matt Nagy came in, and that was probably one of the best things that Matt did, which – basically was the catalyst for that 2008 season, 18 season to go in the direction it went in. So I, I, I just don't, I don't think that's a major impediment. You just got to find unions with people and you got to find people who share the visions and philosophies that you share and, and then just go chase the success. Now, look, I've had other conversations and, and like obviously the talk the last two weeks has been, how are they going to revamp this coaching staff? we go back to what we started this entire hit with and it's the, the fact that the decision they make at quarterback this offseason is going to carry the weight of like eight or nine of these other decisions right and so they're not yes. all equal weighted decisions and so that like that's why this becomes such a a significant conversation and such a significant decision for the bears because it is it is weighted and it is weighted heavily and it is going to change the direction of your franchise one way or another
1: we're talking to Dan Weeder, Take the North podcast, the Trib and the Score uh, just a to- put a postscript on something we talked about last week. I heard that the, there is an expectation or we should expect there to be a Shane Waldron presser once the staff is, is settled. So we will not have to wait uh, post, you know, combine draft OTAs and all of that. I do think that that's going to be an interesting spot for you guys because I would imagine a huge percentage of the questioning is going to be seeing if he tips his hand at all on what they're going to do at quarterback. If not, what do you want to know most from him?
3: Yeah, no, you know, obviously, you want to know about vision and philosophy. And you want to know about obviously, this is in part linked to what you just asked, you want to know what attracted him to this job, you know, and that, that's going to be a question that you're going to have to read between the lines of his answer to figure out, maybe if we're we're getting any clues to to what they want to do here. But obviously, he's given a lot of credit for geno smith's 2022 season that's very significant to whatever happens here because it was um a sign that a, a offensive overseer and a, a person calling the plays could bring out the best in a quarterback who hadn't had the best brought out of him to that point in his career long ways into his career so what was the magic there what 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 allowed that to happen and then also why didn't it sustain itself because uh, you know I've, I've said a couple times this week that you look at The statistics that the Bears offense put up this year, which were deemed unacceptable inside the building and outside, and you compare them in major categories to what the Seahawks did in 2023, and the Bears were better. The Bears had more total yardage. They scored more touchdowns. They had more first downs. They were better in the red zone. They were better on third down. They were better running the football. And so that was deemed to be not good enough, and now you're switching to a guy who was overseeing an offense that was worse than that. So I, I need to know a little bit more about why it didn't sustain itself in Seattle this year and, and, and how Shane um, sees himself putting together a plan that allows for an offense to have sustained success.
1: What lessons, because the players and the coaches referenced the Lions early and late, what lessons do you think bears fans should take from the build of the nfc championship game participating detroit lions
3: yeah um so for a longer answer to this question i had uh dave burkett from the the detroit free press on the take the north podcast this week talking about this climb and and how monumental it's been in detroit to see them build a winner and then to take themselves to the level that they're at playing a playoff game in san francisco this weekend and i think we obviously and rightfully so give Dan Campbell a ton of credit for being the heartbeat of that program and 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 pumping his passion into a locker room in a way where he gets unwavering belief from them, win or lose success or failure, good decisions, bad decisions. That's a huge, huge component of what they're doing there. But I don't think Brad Holmes gets enough credit in Detroit for the roster he's put together, for the way he's married up the vision with Dan, for the, the success they've had in, you know, not only hitting guys at the top of the draft, the Gibbses and the Panay Sewell's and, and those guys, but finding him on Ross St. Brown and, and turning him into a guy that is uh, in every Drive difference maker for your offense, finding a guy like Derek Barnes, who's come in and been a, a, a major uh, contributor on your defense and, and, and putting together these draft classes that then allow you to to really get that momentum built and going and sustain itself. Now, again, like this is a one a one year surge for the Lions. They're going to have to back this up in 2025 they're gonna to have to figure out what it is that they can do to stay on top of the mountain because it only gets tougher when people are coming after you when you're playing that first place schedule and you're and you're you're in the spotlight a lot we'll see how they do with it but there's a lot within that program that i think is pretty impressive and who, who knows where ben johnson goes from here and that that could be a huge loss for them uh that causes them to pivot and figure out how to reconfigure their offense at a time when it's uh, obviously very very productive
1: yeah that stat that brad holmes every every player he's drafted through three drafts is still on the roster yeah and and, and not only is it still on the <laughs>
3: roster like some of these dudes are are like you know I mean you think about the head scratching that came when they took Jameer Gibbs in some circles last year and it was like what are they doing you know you don't take a, a running back like, high well that dude can play a little bit now you know and he, and he can he can break open a, a game on one possession and there's and branch you know, the, the, and Laporta and branch right like branch the first game against the bears this year like the the way the way branch flew around now i think he was a little bit like uh mitigated in game two at soldier field which confused me surprised me but that that dude is also uh a a, a very active football player let's just say that and, and you can feel his presence at all times
1: so nfc championship game do you have a pick
3: yeah I, I think that the 49ers are too good. I, I really do. I would not be surprised if this was one of those games where you know in the fourth quarter were you know kind of given the standing O to the Lions for the season they had and they're down by you know 13 to 15 points and you're just saying well, that was a heck of a run and and, and you deserve credit for it, but that's just a, a better football team across from you. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've got the magic to, to continue this fairytale run. Um, but the 49ers all year long. they're just so sturdy in a lot of different areas and I think they had their scare game. Against their Packers last week, and 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 they're gonna they're gonna punch their ticket to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, what'd you make of their struggles against Green Bay?
3: Surprised, you know, surprised that it didn't get unlocked, particularly offensively, um, given how vulnerable that Packers defense has been at times, uh, particularly when they weren't playing the Bears to uh, to some big performances. Um, you know, like Purdy, that was not the prettiest game he's played all year by any stretch of the imagination, but really stepped up in the fourth quarter, and that's one of those things where. You know i've gained such a greater appreciation over my time covering the league for for the guys that don't play well but are still so composed and capable of making those big time throws on the game on the line drives and there's one throw on that that game winning drive to Juwan jennings where you're just like man like that's that's next level we don't see that in chicago consistently where, where you just rip it into a window between three defenders and you trust your guy to go get it and he does and it converts a first down and then you keep the, the march going and 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 so that was pretty impressive. But um like I say I think I think you, you they got their struggles out of the way. We'll see if uh if they just get on a roll uh Sunday like we expect.
1: What about the AFC championship game?
3: I have no way to figure this out because smart money tells me that the Ravens are the better, more complete football team right now going against Patrick Mahomes just seems stupid. (laughs) And so I I just find myself on the seesaw all week long trying to figure out how you justify picking the best team in the AFC to win the AFC. I mean, it seems like it should be an easy pick. And then you just see what Mahomes does time after time, after time, after time. And again, the belief that that creates, you know, it's it's Jordan-esque in terms of the the Chiefs going into every single game, not with the hope, but with the belief that they're going to win because they've got You know, the one of the best quarterbacks of all time on their side. And it just creates this this wave that's hard to stop sometimes. And the the Bills experienced it yet again last week. And and you feel you feel you feel your stomach drop for that Bills program because they've come a long way and they're still kind of running into to a wall when it comes to, to trying to break through and go to the Super Bowl.
1: All right. So you've got a Niners and Ravens Super Bowl. Debo Samuel, by the way, not on the injury report uh this week for the 49ers a little bit of a surprise but he was a full go uh today in practice one last thing just to circle back to the coaching I it's maybe the take that I've gotten dunked on the most for in the last like year and a half and that's a that's a tough list to be be at (laughs) to be at the top of Uh, but I said you know that there was a part of me that thought that the Bears could fire Matt Eberflus to promote Luke Getzey and the idea was offensive continuity, and I'm just biased towards the offensive guy. Uh, it happened in Tampa. Lovey got fired for dirt Cutter. It happened yep. in Dallas. Wade Phillips got hired for Jason Garrett. Uh, in the name of continuity, should we be considering Shane Waldron as a potential sneaky head coaching candidate for the Bears?
3: Not right now and not part of the reason that you would hire him, right? Like, you better not be kind of lining those chess pieces up in a way that pushes you in that direction because you obviously want to have success with your program in a way that doesn't cause you to reboot. I haven't seen anything that Shane Waldron's done with the Bears offense yet. I haven't seen who he's even going to be overseeing as a quarterback. Um, I, I'll answer that question in on October, or uh, let's say November 1st, I'll give you an answer to that question. But I, you know, I, I don't see that being a direction that is in the forefront of anyone's mind. They've got a lot of other checkpoints to cross her before we get that way. If if that's what you were going to do um, strategically, you would have been much better off just sending Matt out the door and oh. starting from scratch and, and doing that. And they, and they probably would have been honestly. And and that was kind of yep. the sentiment in league circles mm-hmm. toward the end of December and early January. On like, you know, you've got an opportunity here now to, to just really, really reset at a pivotal time. Um, the fact that they chose not to is, is on their ledger.
1: And now they've got to make good on it. Yep. No, exactly. Like I, I don't think they hired Shane Waldron for that. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that one of the things that we saw damage Mitch was Dow Loggins to Matt Nagy and changing, right? And Justin Nagy to, to Luke, to Getzy. I do think that that matters. Oh yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I mean, continuity definitely matters,
3: um, and that, that's why I think it was a missed opportunity to to start start a new, um, because you put yourself in that predicament where people are going to be talking about that whoever plays quarterback this this next year is going to struggle a little bit. If it's a rookie, if it's Caleb or a different rookie, um, they're going to struggle a little bit, and we can't have this tsunami of of. Chaos that ensues the first time these quarterbacks struggle in 2024. Going, everybody's got to get blown out. It's got to restart. You know, we got to do it all over again. It's just going to get. It's it's going to be a circus that you can't control. um But that this is the reality they chose, and now they've got to they've got to navigate it with uh, the fortitude that they believe they have in the building. um I've talked to a bunch of people that think that that Iberflus's superpower is his ability to to kind of stay grounded and keep an entire group united through some some heavy turbulence i think his results in 2023 back that up um there's other coaches with bigger and greater superpowers than that but that's what they they chose to uh to bet on and now they got to see where it takes them
1: dan wieter take the north pod the trib and the score enjoy the games thank you thank you talk soon all right that's dan Weederer and you hear him on all sorts of platforms on the score and our odyssey digital platforms Throughout the week, Championship Sunday is almost here. You can listen to both games free with the Odyssey app. Tune in Sunday, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in the AFC title game, coverage at one on the score, Niners and Lions, NFC Championship game, kickoff at 5.30. Game airs on WBBM, News Radio 780, due to Bulls basketball. Take the NFL playoffs with you wherever you go on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Hey, an easy punchline for a team in town. Has been removed in a year. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Congratulations. Who gives it? Afternoons on the score. Yeah, I mean, uh, when was the last time we even had Sox Fest? I feel like it's been, um, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I know, um, especially to to um, to the Sox fans, and you know, um, I think it's it's something that they really look forward to, and. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate to not be able to connect and, and, you know, meet with the fan base and the people who support us. But um, hopefully we can get one going next year. Well, next year, 2025, it's back. And the date is already set. January 24th, January 25th of 2025. That's one year from yesterday.
4: I already haven't bought my
1: tickets. <laughs> is this a leap year, or is it 364 days from today, or is it a full
4: 365? When the, is give? the next
1: leap year? Is it a leap year? There's no way to know. Thank you, Jalen. I'm just saying. I got that. I got that press release today. It's this year. It is. Yeah. So 365 days from now. Wow. Sox Fest will be ending.
4: And then there's another one in 2028, and another one would then be in <laughs> yeah. 2032, Tanny.
1: It's like the Olympics. Right. In presidential elections. Yeah. Excellent. So.
4: Every four years, Tanny.
1: That's when those things happen. Yeah. What else happens every four years?
4: <sighs> I get a girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Well, you said it, not
1: oh, me. Oh, no. Not, it's not as mean when you say it about yourself. <laughs> we were just thinking it. As like, but. Uh, Will you be back by then, do you think? I think mean, that's about 62 wins from now.
5: No. Have you ever attended Sox West Train? A- as media. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, because... I covered a couple of them in a pseudo professional capacity, doing a podcast or writing a column for the Scores website. And I was at the last one that they did before the whole world changed, and a lot of things have changed. It's really wild. Like in right before the Ukraine war, well, of course, yeah, but like, like COVID, yeah, COVID, and then just the state of the organization. <laughs> the vibes were
1: good at that, that Sox Fest. Well,
5: they were really good, and they weren't even good yet. Like this was right. before like the 60 game season where they're like, Oh, here here we go. It was like things were just trending up everywhere. Even Rick Renteria was like, Oh, Rick Renteria, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Like, that's what I thought at the time. And I and, in hindsight, I would have I would have still liked him to be manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: but that's uh, the year they signed Dallas Keichel, right? That was the Dallas Keichel introduction. Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Because he was
4: late to his presser and I was there as media, and I think it was John Greenberg who was telling me, Hey, just walk up there. No one's gonna know the difference. <laughs>
1: It's perfect, but by the, but, like we've made fun of them for hiding from the fans and canceling Soxfest, and I think that those shots have largely been deserved, but does it say that it's coming back annually because I don't see that word in here because the subed so white sox announced return of sox fest january twenty twenty five the sub headline is. Fan Fest to Honor Historic Milestone Anniversaries next January, and these are two great anniversaries that absolutely should be commemorated, and the Sox, I'm sure, will do a great job of it at this and at the ballpark, but I'm wondering if they're doing this only because it's the 20th anniversary of the 05 team and the 125th anniversary of the founding of the organization, and then... January of 2026, no more SoxFest again.
5: No, I I, I'm just I don't gonna, know. I'm going to speculate here. You know, this is usually Shane's territory where you speculate uh, no. about the information. Nope. Multiple sources. You would think that a big reason they're going to bring SoxFest back, we're going to have some renderings, and we're going to know a new stadium is coming and win, right? That's got to be a huge reason to feel good like because the team's not going to be good no they the will calendar not year <laughs> like they may they're going to be a little better hopefully uh but it's like an
4: interesting you, way to think about
5: it you have to think of like what's the thing that everyone's going to be unanimously ha- well not unanimous there's going to be some southsiders who don't like it but like generally curating it will be stadium, met it yeah. will be
1: met positively yeah. for sure that so that's interesting though like hmm, you don't think that the 05 team getting back together would be enough of a positive thing. Well, like, like, you bring back
5: Burley. And that's the thing. There's no names on there. They just say they're going to celebrate it. So. Well, it's
1: a year away.
5: Yeah, so, they, they don't have
1: all of the commitments yet. I mean, we just did Cubs Fest, and there was... I mean, now part of that was because of a snowstorm, and then obviously we didn't know at the time about Rhino's very unfortunate right. cancer
4: diagnosis. You know what I mean? I but, think they just need that much time to sell enough tickets.
5: Well, <laughs> a also full calendar year. Remember when they did the uh, the anniversary for the 1983? Uh, 19... Remember there was like less than a handful of guys that were on that team. Yeah, that was guys tough. That, yeah. And then guys that were not on that team were in the photos for that. Daryl Boston. Um, so like, it's that weird. was a weird one. Like, guys don't always show up to these things, you know, especially these guys these these former players like they live in these you know warm climates So why I come back to chicago in january uh for a 20-year anniversary yeah you know? i mean jerry does an okay job with ambassadors though oh yeah i'm not saying they don't but i think there's got to be more than just the hey let's here's the 2005 white Sox again i think there's going to be another extra wrinkle i think i, I it for predict you. it's going to be the ballpark wow okay well okay. i mean if that happens that- they're staying a couple months away from possibly announcing this thing right
1: yeah I know that's that's what bruce is saying and that would be the only th- the only thing that gives me a little pause of that is that you don't need to announce that now. Like you could do like ballpark deal gets closed in three months, you could do that in three months in a day. You yeah, could, you, but it,
5: when you tie it around Soxfest, you have like, hey, here's a we're gonna have a fan a fan roundtable, fan Q and A. Like, hey, what do you want to see in your new ballpark? And people are excited to go and that's voice true. their opinion. That's true. And do all types of stuff, like you know, the, where you can see renderings and right, we'll unveil renderings. Yeah. You can do
1: q and A Q&A with the architecture
5: firm. So you t- can yeah. That's 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 a good point. Two things: buy a brick, just buy things that oh, are going to be a, a part of it. You yep, know? yep. <laughs> that,
4: Is there any coincidence? Number one, that they're announcing this the day of the season ticket holder celebration tonight.
5: Right, because I
1: heard Stoney on with Mully and Hawn today, and he was talking about like it was like a mini Sox Fest. It, so, it
4: is only for the people who pay the most money. <laughs> yeah, Little SoxFest. Little SoxFest. Sox N- number two, do you know who's an unrestricted free agent in 2025 that they could announce at SoxFest? I don't. Adam Haisley.
5: Wait, I got to see. Does Manny Machado, does he have another opt-out? I know he resigned, but does he have an opt-out? How funny <laughs> would that be? Manny
4: Machado is not a free agent in 2025. Juan Soto. We should have had him two years ago. <laughs> Oscar we Hernandez. Did. We did.
5: Four years ago, then. <laughs> we did.
4: <laughs> this guy here is Michael dead. Conforto, his, uh, without any shots, is a UFA in 2025. I'm looking at that list, and there are some guys here. Jason Hayward will be 30, 48. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why yeah. they're doing
5: it. It's not going like, to be it's, because it's, people it's, feel good about the ball club no, on the field. So it's, it's got to be other stuff. But, but it's only going to bring in ridicule. Like y- you I don't think, think so, man? I think the, okay. a ballpark changes all this. Yeah, man. And people just want to be able to go and like take their kids and see cool things and like be able to say, "Hey, there was a town hall, and I was able to give Chris Getz a piece of my mind." Like people like being able to say because you have to be out there. You have to be open to your fan base being able to. Take part in those sort of things because when you don't do it, it looks like you're hiding. And I know that wasn't always why they were doing it, but yeah. it certainly well, seemed that been. way. Remember when like we joked last year or two years ago, like, "Hey, Jose Breyu, like they're not going to have socks fest because Jose Breyu's not going to be a White Sox." And then like things just started to trend downward after that. So I think you just have to be out there for your fan base just to show that you're not hiding.
1: I listen. I if they're doing the stadium thing, they will need to do a lot of community outreach beyond just SoxFest. But I agree that that would be a great component to it because it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to sell the team this year in any sort of positive way. But they're not going to... It- I don't think they're doing Q and A with the owner. Could
5: could it be like a? I hope a, they sell the team this year. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, I mean that's the actual not. Selling that, <laughs> maybe that's why they're doing.
1: It. This is the new owners' directive. <laughs> Wait, so when's our fan convention? We don't have one. Okay, well you should start scheduling one because I'm coming in to buy the team.
4: Could this be? Could they be announcing the name change to the white ankle socks because they are no shows? Wow. How about that one? <laughs>
5: How long have you had that? So that just popped in my head now. Not bad. Like something out of one of my uncle's group threads or something. <laughs> a dad joke book.
4: Yep. I was proud of that one.
5: <laughs> Speaks is going to text the group chat be like, I
1: loved it.
4: <laughs> Here's the thing. The, the White Sox are a key at telluride, tell you, And I've been trying to tell you that for the longest time.
1: Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, one very optimistic prediction from Tanny.
5: I, that's that's very optimistic. For, for me and for the White Sox, yeah. But I'm just trying to think, what's the end game here? Why do this? You know, yep. like, why? Like first of all, why not just do it this year? Like, get it out of the way. Like, your team is bad and, like, just it done, get it done with.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so it's just funny that we have three different reads on it. Shane, purely cynical at, at all times, Me like, "Huh, I wonder if it's just a one-time thing because they have anniversaries to celebrate." Well, they can
5: do that in the middle of the season too, like they typically do. Like, who, they should. Their players would probably want to come back in, you know, June, July, as opposed to January. So they do that stuff all the time.
4: I mean, you know? is stock in the team or morale around the team is at the stock price is at an all-time low, right? I, it's I would say low. maybe not in the general fandom. I was just talking about this with WBBM newsman Rob Hart in the hall. Hallway when we were both going to the bathroom.
5: Name dropper. Um, yeah. The no. voice of the Sox machine podcast?
4: Yeah, the voice of Park Ridge Metro trains, Rob Hart himself. <laughs> Whoa. General fandom doesn't understand. Like they don't understand the passion that real White Sox fans, or not real, real is the wrong word, but like diehard White Sox fans have this hatred for Jerry, have this hatred for a lack of motivation to actually make the team better. General fans are still going to go every single summer because they're taking their kids, they're going with their friends, it's a social outing, the food's good, the beer's good, it's not that expensive. But it's going to start to wear on some of those people, right? If you don't actually start spending money and you don't start giving fans something to actually look forward to, then it's going to start wearing on that that middle ground of fandom. So I think Tanny is probably right. It may be grasping at straws, trying to have the rendering of a new stadium or a deal on a new site ready by January 2025, but that is realistically the most likely scenario. Yeah, well, and it's a very smart thought.
1: It, it's a great wow. thought
4: For me. Yeah. yeah, no, you. And, it's
1: well, a and, very smart thought. And we don't know where their telev- their games are going to be on TV.
5: Yeah, it's a lot going on in other two than years. Just the ball club on the field. Yeah,
1: right. So they're. they're Hey, we got to get our fans together to spread the word on our new deal with stadium, or whatever they're going to be doing to actually watch these games. What if and they
4: caught the shooter? The in-stadium <laughs> in
5: shooter, and that's they're they're are gonna, they, hang they gonna, hang gonna him bring him in the this, town square. Twenty twenty-five. Bring, <laughs> bring this person <laughs> to Soxfest. Yep. <laughs> yep. Execution style. You <laughs> throw tomatoes at the shooter. <laughs> you,
4: you think our Dunk baseball tank. team is unpopular? <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing, guys. Uh, Here's SoxFest in 2025. Remember that shooting in 2023? Here's your
1: dunk tank. Go ahead. Sink them. They'd make money.
4: But you have to throw the ball from outside of FanFest. Of course, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to have it land. There's no way this came from outside of the park. It's impossible.
1: The magic bullet theory. That's amazing. People still don't understand that Getsy take. The CIA. All right, we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna just do one brief thing on that. Then we're going full board championship game stuff. Top of the five o'clock hour. Parkinspiegel on the score. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback.
2: Flashback. Flashback.
1: I would think long and hard about firing Matt Eberflus to retain Luke Getzey. That's on me. So obviously that aged like an avocado. Obviously.
4: But Outside of a brown paper bag. What does that mean? Ages you, a little bit slower. A little bit slower outside of the brown paper bag.
1: But it still ages aggressively. It just and took gets, a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I mean, it did last a full... He was there for a couple of years. Um, like all Bears offensive coordinators. Two and done. But I can't change any of this. But, like, as fans... They can't sell the team. We can't. We can hope for it, but like the institutional, they're the Bears. This is how the McCaskey family does it. Uh, football guy, all that. It's, like, it's it's almost like beyond our purview. Coach, GM, quarterback, those things get changed in and out all the time. And so, while I don't think a QB fixes everything, it can be a it can be an elixir or a deodorant to a lot of things which is why I would draft Caleb and take the shot at greatness. Because I don't think a very compelling argument for Justin is, well, they didn't do a good job developing Justin, so then you shouldn't try to do it with Caleb. Like I don't think that that's a great argument. Or the Bears didn't do it with Mitch, they didn't do it with Kay, they didn't do it with Rex, so why would it work with Caleb? I don't think that's a compelling argument. So what, you just never draft quarterbacks again? Like At some point, there can be a player who's so special that he overcomes – the history and the precedent of the Bears, and each of those guys failed for their own individual reasons, not just because of the color of the uniform or the helmet that they wore, or the ownership group that signed their check. So, while I didn't know much of anything about Getze, when I was saying that about firing Ibrulles to promote Getze, what I was saying it was based on about seventy-five percent of these new coaches are offensive coaches. Everyone is trying to copy. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, offensive continuity for a young, non-established quarterback matters a great deal. So I would prioritize that. I still feel that way. Like, I think that Matt Eberflus is a replacement-level NFL head coach at best. You can find a lot of guys that are just like him. That's my opinion. We'll see how that ages. We'll see how good or bad Shane Waldron is at the gig. It will largely be dependent, I'm sure, on the talent that he has around him. But if this year the Bears blow some games or the defense isn't as good as we think it should be or anything that we can trace back to Matt Eberflus is not being special is there, but we like how Caleb looks offensively, I would be compelled to look to Shane Waldron to keep him instead of losing him. Like, if I'm a Lions fan, I'd be a little nervous about losing Ben Johnson. I wouldn't fire Dan Campbell. It's a pretty extreme example of success and difference-making, and, like, I have no problem seeing his impact on the team with Detroit. Certainly can see his impact on Detroit more than I can see Eberflus's impact on Chicago, but I'd be a little worried about losing Ben Johnson in Detroit. Goff has not proved to be system-proof in his career. I'd be a little worried in Houston if they eventually lose Bobby Slowick. That the D'Amico Ryan's schematic stuff would wear off or the motivational side of it would wear off. But the schematic offensive play calling, quarterback nurturing, quarterback maximizing talent, the most important thing, would go to someone else. And so here... I think it applies again. You don't hire Shane Waldron to fire Matt Eberflus to promote Shane Waldron, but next year, if our confidence in Eberflus isn't any higher than it is now, but Caleb looks great, you're damn right. I'll be the guy saying, don't let Shane Waldron interview for the Jets job off of his success with Caleb get Iberflus out of here, and keep continuity on offense. Now, obviously, there's a year to go. We'll see how he does publicly. We'll see how he does privately. We'll see how he does with his play calling. Like, I'm not saying I'm there yet now, but in general, I think the logic of that still applies. If Iberflus proves to be some exceptional leader of men and a true difference maker, then I'll change my mind, and I'll say I was wrong about him. I am not there yet. Ryan Poles is. I am not there yet. I got to see the defense do it against better quarterbacks and be able to do it with a guy or two out. Too often it was, oh well, there was a guy hurt in the secondary, or they didn't, they didn't have this on the edge, or they didn't have this in the middle, or they okay, that's that's the NFL. So I am not there yet. That Matt Eberflus is some sort of irreplaceable. You, how would you survive without him? difference-making head coach and until he proves that I will prioritize offensive continuity as you're developing a young quarterback once the young quarterback is fully established different conversation but until then I think it's the most important thing for a head coach to be Tanny's open five o'clock hour ahead of championship Sunday I got a ton on both games these guys will tell me what they're most interested in. It's
2: to Spiegel on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. t mobile Prioritizes certain T mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
0: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at 250 dollars Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest Black, with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required, minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and